ओम ज्ञान If there are not enough Brahman-initiated devotees to Guru Puja, then I wonder why we have a temple anyway. The temple, uh, high standards should be maintained. That's why Prabhupada, he didn't even want deities to be established uh, in, in public temples unless there were ten Brahmins initiated. That was the worship of Gornitana. So Prabhupada wanted to be up high standard of deity worship in a, in a public temple. Yeah. Uh, if... Uh Mm. If a person or if a soul <laughs> is disillusioned with material life, but uh, has no desire, still has no desire to leave the material world and go back to Godhead, but uh, he likes to uh, preach here in this material world, can can we say that it is kind of love and separation? Can we call it love and separation? Who are you referring to? Himself. You don't want to go back to Godhead? He wants to preach the glories of Lord Chaitanya and the, the, thus he can take another birth. No problem. You have no material desire? Little. Very little. Well, maybe you haven't seen everything yet. You mean on material desire? Yeah, maybe you haven't seen all your material desires oh. Generally, when we think we're very advanced, then we're not. When we start to when we first start in Krishna Conscious, we often think that, yes, I'm, I'm doing very nicely. But then, if we go on sincerely, then uh, we, we get to recognize all the stockpile of nasty desires within our heart. You're talking about love in separation. As I was explaining yesterday, I believe, yeah, yesterday, love is, that is attained after going through many stages. Initial phase, associating with devotees, seriously practicing devotional service, Becoming freed from all unwanted things, uh -huh. becoming firmly fixed in devotional service, uh -huh. then attaining a taste for devotional service, becoming uh, attached to Krishna, then uh, having preliminary ecstatic feelings for Krishna, then the question of pure love for Krishna. So it is a gradual process, not abrupt. There may be cases, or there are some cases where some Great devotees, they imbue conditioned souls with pure love of Krishna just on the spot. The general process, as given in Bhakti Rasamrita, <coughs> devotion by Rupa Goswami, is a gradual, not an abrupt process. So one has to go through many tests, and then we will see if there is love. When one has been much tested by Krishna, then we will, then we will understand if there is love. If you want to preach Krishna consciousness, that is very good. It is said that uh, we can satisfy or please devotees only by, by selfless service to them. Mm -hmm. But nowadays we see that some, sometimes devotees, they have these business-like relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mm -hmm. So can we really satisfy devotees and Krishna by having such business-like relationships? And also, uh, were there such relation, relationships between devotees in the times of Prabhupada? Have you all heard the question? 
No, I don't think this is anything new. There are descriptions in Shastra of different levels of devotees, beginning from Neophytes. So, it's, it, that devotees are less than perfect is not new. And certainly when Prabhupada was present, there were all kinds of different personalities. One of the... Uh, one of the initiating gurus who was present here, he was uh, he was uh, just outside Prabhupada's room. He was punched in the face by another GPC mm. during in, right when Prabhupada was inside the room. Mm. So I'm not I'm not at all saying that good, but I'm just pointing out that uh, you know it's it's never been uh, that everyone is perfect. So this, I, you, I scratch your back, you scratch my back, that can be applied in devotional service also, that we help each other in Krishna consciousness. So there are and always will be different types of devotees, but we should try to associate more with those devotees from whom we find inspiration for true Krishna consciousness. As Lord Jesus Christ said, seek and you shall find. So if we seek the association of Pure devotees, we will find. Sometimes you think pure devotee means like, you know, some Elijah coming out of the sky from on his chariot. Elijah? It's a figure in the Bible who, you know, went in a chariot oh. in, the, in the sky. Some people say that's a UFO. Just, but they don't know this example. Yeah. If you don't, then they don't. No, but I will say like some angel, archangel, something. Do you know this in the Bible? There's Elijah went in the Chariot up to heaven. Elijah, I don't know this word, Elijah. Elijah, it's one one of the prophets in the Old Testament before Jesus. Ah. You heard of that? So, you don't have to, a pure devotee doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be some idealized, spectacular superstar. But uh, when we say we should seek the association of pure devotees, that means those devotees who are sincerely endeavoring in devotional service. One of my best friends, devotee, of course, I don't keep friendship with others, but uh, I consider him a very pure soul. He's been through many difficulties and struggles in devotional service. Struggles with his own mind, but he's always stuck to the principle of devotional service. Despite all difficulties, he's struggled on sincerely to try and serve Guru and Krishna. So, someone else is asking for? The uh, question concerns whether our fate is determined or not. If it is determined and Krishna knows it, then uh, can, can we be called uh, by robots? Did everyone hear the question? To some extent our fate is fixed, otherwise there would be no meaning to the science of astrology or the law of karma. And to some extent if not, otherwise there'd be no meaning to endeavoring in devotional service. According to our previous activities, we have a certain destiny. For instance, according to our destiny, we may be uh, very born in a very rich family, uh, and then at the age of 50 we lose all our money, for instance. So according to our destiny, we get a certain kind of situation, but what we do with it, that is the measure of our free will. And does Krishna know? Yes and no. Is that possible? Can you understand that? Well, everything's possible for Krishna. Just like when he's performing his Vrindavan Leela, he knows that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but also he doesn't know. 
When Krishna feels fear from Mother Yashoda chasing him with his stick, it's real fear. But just uh, a few minutes later, he's delivering the uh, Nalakubra and Manigriva. Knowing that he's the Supreme Lord, he pulls the mortar so to pull down the two big trees and deliver them. This is inconceivable. Any other questions? Uh, can we call this uh, earth a place where um, the Lord sends sinners to, to suffer for their sins? Uh, can we call it a prison house? Or uh, is it a place where the Lord uh, sends his servants in, in order to uh, explore it, uh, like uh, British Empire sent, or some other empire sent uh, some explorers to explore the world and found, and, uh, found some colonies. So, so is it a place for work, or is it a place of uh, suffering? The prison house analogy is the standard analogy given by the Acharyas. It is not a place for the Jesus' enjoyment. It is a place for their reformation. The suffering is there, that is meant for reformation. But it is not a place of enjoyment. It's not that we will discover something in the material world and then become happy. We can discover Krishna and go to the spiritual world, then we can do it. We have nothing to take from this material world. The British send all the... Government policy, individuals went out themselves with the idea of, uh, it was all based on economic gain. With the idea that we will go out, get something from there and bring it back and enhance our position in Britain. But uh, the inhabitants of the spiritual world have nothing to gain from this material world. So the example is not broken. So, there is, hear the question? Uh, there, there is a Orthodox priest uh, somewhere around the festival. So he left monastery because it was difficult for him there to, you know, to associate with devotees and uh, to take prasadam. So he left for the sake of, uh, for this reason, to associate with devotees, to take prasadam, to hear about, to have an opportunity to hear about Krishna, etc. So um, some devotees were argue, arguing, one of them, said that he was right, that he did it. The other said that, no, he should have stayed in the, in the monastery, in the cloister, and preached there. So, who is right? Mm-hmm. Well, without understanding all the circumstances, it's difficult to say what you say. But, uh, in a broader sense, neither is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. You have to make a decision what is most favorable for his spiritual advancement. So, his sincerity will be the judge. But I'm the measure. It's very nice, they want to hold this to shelter from the sun, but it's not only the sun, but there's the reflection on the sea. So. <laughs> uh, there's not that much use, actually. I look this way. in his Sharanagati prayers, says that my heart is full of lust. So if Bhaktivinoda Thakur says this, states this, then what to speak of us? Uh, how can we transform lust into love? You think that Bhaktivinoda Thakur's heart is full of lust? Then you are making a greater thing. You may state so, but you should never think so. That is the symptom of a great devotee who thinks himself very fallen, and a very nearby devotee thinks he's very advanced. Then, uh, how to get free from this lust? Well, he's given us these prayers to give us the 
write a mood to pray for your love to help us. So you read those prayers and enter into the mood of them, especially this song Gopinath, and then that will be very helpful. Then he's wearing this uh, jacket, but he doesn't know what it means. There's some very obscene things written on this instrument. Oh, this orange one? No, no, this one. It's very vulgar. This uh, gray one? Yeah. Oh, I can't, can't see what is there. What's <coughs> there? Huh? Lucky for uh. maybe you don't understand it. Vulgar, very vulgar. Uh, in the fourth verse of Shikshastaka, Lord Chaitanya prayers, uh, I want to serve you uh, life after life. So he is, he is speaking about devotee and how shall we accept this moon? Yeah, the point is that there should be no material design. Yeah. Well, no material design, then. What's that, the last phrase? Let's... Yeah, that mood we should try to develop. But then we have to see what is the fifth verse also. Uh, harmonize that with the fourth verse, in which he's uh, lamenting having fallen into this material ocean and uh, praying to be situated in the lotus feet, feet dust of Krishna. Then the seventh verse uh, Crying out of separation from Krishna. Always point to the harmony. That's why we always speak of going back home, back to Godhead. Certainly a devotee wants to go back home, back to Godhead, to be with Krishna. On the other hand, he is prepared to serve the order of the, the mission of the Lord by preaching in his material world. Can we get rid of all material desires in one lifetime? Because we don't know uh, how much contamination... Uh, there is in our hearts, we don't know our, all our karma, the, you know, the stockpiles of our karma. Well, if it's by our own efforts, then not in one lifetime, not in many, many lifetimes, even in the cause of lifetime. No. But by the grace of Krishna, we should try to develop a strong service mood. By developing that positive mood of service to Krishna, then the negative mood of rejection of Krishna, which is concomitant with acceptance of material desires, that will be dangerous. Who uh, was a good preacher, and his lectures were very popular, and many devotees were inspired by his lectures. And some of them were even brought up in the Krishna consciousness on his lectures. But then uh, this devotee may has some may have some problems in his spiritual life, and uh, uh, when we see this, then uh, fear, uh, we, uh, fear uh, awakens in our hearts, uh, a fear uh, not only for, for him, but for, for his followers, for those who, who are new to Krishna consciousness and who, who, who follow him. For ourselves also, not here. Yeah. yeah, for ourselves because we shall we? Yes, she asked whether shall, shall we lose the desire to listen to these lectures, to his lectures, uh, any longer? Shall we listen to them or not? And what shall we do? Yes. Circumstances. You can listen to others like this. Just asking whether he can offer monk to the deities, no? To listen to others' lectures, it's not unusual or unheard of that someone goes up, 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 up in Krishna Bhakti and then they boom. 
If one goes up but without any very solid basis, then he's likely to come down again. So we should have a very solid basis of uh, attachment to Guru, Shastric knowledge, freedom from material desires. Otherwise, if one starts very widely preaching but has not himself been very much trained or doesn't have much uh, good association or guidance, then he's in a dangerous position. Then one may be affected by desires to be personal. One may think of the people who follow him as his own personal property or his own personal uh, subjects to be controlled by me. In other words, one may ascribe one's success to oneself and consider oneself uh, an independent entity that is in dangerous position and fall down his enemy. So we shouldn't become discouraged that someone uh, we respected is having difficulty in Krishna consciousness doesn't mean that we ourselves cannot be successful in Krishna consciousness. Nor does it mean that that devotee who is having difficulties that he cannot be successful in Krishna consciousness. That he's having difficulties now means that he doesn't mean that he cannot reassess his position, again become properly situated and go forward in Krishna consciousness. But it does serve as a warning to all of us. There, but for the grace of God, go I. When we see someone in difficulty, there's a saying, there, but for the grace of God, go I. In other words, I could also be in that position just by the grace of God. I'm not in that position. Uh, go I Go I means uh, I go. Uh, by the by the grace of the Lord. Yeah, but for the grace of God, go I. In other words, I could, you know, I could just, I could also be in that situation of having severe difficulties, mm. but only by the grace of uh. God, I'm not. In other words, we shouldn't think that I'm better than He. Now, when we see this kind of thing happening, then it may decrease our faith in Krishna consciousness, but actually, it should increase our faith because this kind of incident proves that Krishna consciousness, as described in Scripture, works. Because in Shastra it's described that if, if one is uh, advancing Krishna consciousness but he's not careful to be free from desires for name, fame and glory, I mean, if he doesn't practice Krishna consciousness under the guidance of the devotees, then he's going to have difficulty. So such incidences, uh, although unfortunate, they go to prove the uh, veracity of the statements of Shastra regarding devotional service. Oh, veracity. Means be truthful. Mm. It's also Latin. Yeah, verita. Mm. It's true. In vino veritas. Truth is in wine. Truth is? In wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same. Wine means in uh, alcohol. Yeah. Latin saying. When we see uh, faults in others, does it always mean that we have same faults, or we see only faults which we have ourselves, or there are some uh, exceptions? Not necessarily so. If we see someone drunken in the middle of the street, and we think this person is drunken in the middle of the street, therefore I should also be drunk in the middle of the street, okay, let me go and buy a bottle of wine. That is not very good logic. So this saying that by seeing faults in others means they're actually in you. By this example, I think we can understand that this is uh, not always. It may be true, but it's not uh, always true. If I see that someone is a drunkard, it doesn't mean that I am a drunkard. Why so much attention is given to the Vaishnava etiquette, to the training and the principles of Vaishnava etiquette? And uh, what is their role in Vaishnava etiquette? 
Yeah, that's the importance of all that. You have to learn such to live as That is the training to enter the spiritual world. I ask, what did I ask? Why so little attention is given to Vaishnavism? My soul, I thought he said so much attention. Oh, so, um, yeah, he's asking why so little attention is given. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know whether it's much or little. I can't say. You know, by the question, it's presumed that I know that there's so little, but I don't know that there's so little. In general, it may be that there's not much, not very much widespread knowledge of the details of this to the that has to be increased, that knowledge and awareness. You can read that book of mine, Glimpses of Tradition Indian Life. I will give some insight. Raghunandan Akwa Das Brahmachari. Some devotees now cook a bread, bake their bread with yeast. Uh, but I heard some, from some devotees that uh, Vedas uh, compare yeast with uh, what is it, stool or children or? stool. Yeah, I don't know what it is because I never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's another Russian cookie. Mm. Uh, uh, so is it? Uh, can they can they do this? Can they use yeast in baking bread? Or if not, then is it somehow influences the consciousness? Is it harmful for Krishna consciousness? In the Vedas, it states that uh, yeast is the byproduct of, of uh, the stool of. Martian babies. Of Marsh? In the Vedas it's stated that yeah. yeast is a byproduct of the stool of Martian babies. <laughs> Martian means inhabitants of Mars. Marsh? Uh, yeah. uh, so is it a joke or is it stated? You can just translate it. <laughs> and it got transformed, it got transported to Earth in a meteorite storm some millions of years ago. It's in the Vedas. I'm not sure which Veda, but you know, it's so widely propagated in Russia that it must be true. <laughs> Russia is a very mystical land. There are so many uh, unknown statements of the Vedas which are <laughs> floating around in Russia, which no one in India ever heard of. Of course, Prabhupada uh, wasn't in favor of cooking with yeast, so that's as good as a Vedic statement, although it's not directly a Vedic statement. Uh, I heard this, uh, one of the most important angas in devotional service is Sadhu Sangha, and by this uh, it means the association with uh, pure, pure devotees, senior devotees. If uh, we have no opportunity <coughs> for such association, how can we uh, make progress in Krishna consciousness in devotional service without, without uh, performing this anga of devotional service? Well, I was just discussing this point about association with pure devotees, so I think you came a little late, but I already discussed this actually. Mm. Yeah, that's Where's our local harmonium uh, audio expert? Mm. He was the one who asked the question. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Yeah, that's interesting. I can't do outer space. Yeah. And the riksha means outer space. <laughs> it's also yeah. one of the names of one of the Navi organs. So, uh, in response to one of your questions, I described about uh, who is a pure devotee, whose association we should take. Now the same question has come. Maybe I'd like to repeat the synopsis of the answer. He <laughs> <laughs> said that a pure devotee is he who follows the instruction of a pure devotee. 
who is determined to follow and who is fixed in this service uh, because uh, they have realized uh, the importance of this practice and that's why they are pure devotees. Yeah, I think the essence of what I was saying is that anyone who is sincerely trying, we can consider to be pure devotees. You may remember I said it doesn't have to be a superstar and I gave the example of Elijah and his chariot. It might be the uh, quiet, humble devotee who's uh, every day cutting the potatoes. I've many times had the experience of seeing devotees who are just going on quietly with their service, not very what you call big service, and then sometimes just talking with them and going a little bit deeply and understanding that actually they have many, many realizations. So it doesn't always have to be like the superstar devotees. Maybe you. Others may associate with you. Do you know that story? It's, it was circulated quite widely a few years ago in Iskon. I don't think it's from any Vedic source, but it's quite a good story of the Messiah in the monastery. There was, you know that story? No. So, tell it. You 